All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Mr. Sands spinning the one and twos. 1-800-707-9760 is your number. Today's show is being presented by HazelStyleOnline.com. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Integrity Visors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs, whether auto, life, home, or renters. And he can find the cheapest rate out there for you because he represents over 40 different carriers for insurance. Give him a call. His number is 210-641-4000. That is Integrity Visors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the sports product. All right. So without further ado, it's that time we're going to be joined by Ben Bornstein, college basketball writer of Project Spurs. How you doing this afternoon, Ben? I am fantastic. How are you, sir? All right, man. I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us, talk a little college basketball. Now, before we get into uh, what a lot of our audience wants to know about who possibly would look good in the silver and black of certain guys that's coming out uh, this year, I want to talk to you and get your thoughts because Jonas has let me know that you watch a lot of college basketball and you, you watch some of even some of the, uh, as I call them, the little sisters of the poor schools. But before we get into that, the bracket got released yesterday evening. Um, let me ask you, I'll, before I give you my take and get your opinion on it, let me ask you, after looking at the bracket, does anything jump out to you, anything surprise you in regards to seeding or anything like that? What stands out to you about this bracket before we get this thing tipped off? So one thing that really stuck out to me was I thought Baylor got the most brutal path to a Final Four bid. They potentially got to see UNC in their second game and if UNC, if, you know, UNC is a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde situation, but if you get good UNC, that could be a real battle. They could potentially be playing UCLA or St. Mary's, both great teams on the West Coast. They could be playing Purdue. They could play Kentucky. It's just they've, there is a lot of difficulty in that East bracket. So that was one of the things that stuck out to me. I actually thought Tennessee and Duke should have been switched on the seed lines. I thought Dang. Tennessee had a better body of work. Yes. You, you, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. But Duke has, you know, they have the special four letters, so they get an extra seed. Yeah. You kind of throw my, stole my thunder there, Ben, because that was going to be one of my questions to figure out. Like, you know, Tennessee wins the SEC, but they get a three seed. Okay, and then, you know, Nova got a two-seat. I get it. You know, Jay Wright, that's Jay Wright. I got respect for Nova's program. The other one, though, besides that, if you go to the uh, the, the side of the bracket you're talking about, um, Virginia Tech. Okay, so Virginia Tech wins the ACC. They upset Duke, and they get rewarded with a, if I'm seeing this right, they get rewarded with a 12-seed. A, an 11th seed. 11th seed. Okay, they're 11, so meaning that, you know, their first matchup is against Texas, but if they win that, they could be facing Purdue second round. Absolutely. Uh, and that was – that. a lot of people have been pointing out that ACC championship game and the uh, – really the, the kind of Friday, Saturday, Sunday games as, you know, was the committee really watching those games? Because it, it feels like with some of these seedings, they had made up their mind and they just said, well, we got to put Virginia Tech in there because they got an auto bid now. So we have to shoehorn them somewhere rather than actually looking at their resume and saying, you know what, they're probably not an 11 seed. They're maybe closer to a 10 or 11. And putting them against the Texas team in the first round, while I think is a really interesting matchup, you have, you know, two power five schools. Texas, a very good defensive team. Virginia Tech is kind of one of those scrappier teams, even in the ACC. 
Um, I really like the coaching matchup there, but I'm not sure the committee did Virginia Tech any favors with the seeding. And let me ask you this. Again, we're joined by Ben Bornstein, a college basketball writer for Project Spurs. Um, let me ask you this, sticking to that topic a little bit. Okay, because every year, you know, um, that we, you know, you get the Jay Billis of the world. Everybody, you know, pretty much somehow is critical of what the committee does. But my question to you, somebody that's covered basketball, college basketball for so long, you know, every, the, the million-dollar question is always, what are we doing? with? We play a regular season. Everybody has their conference. You can win the title in, in regular season. Then we come together a week before the tournament starts and play these conference championship games. In your opinion, Ben, do you see, like, any changes that needs to be made in regards to whether we have the committee, you know, go ahead and fill out half of this field first before we do the conference? I mean, is there any type of, you know, do you have any type of opinion of changing the system of what they do. Cause you asked the perfect question. Like, do you really know if the committee was really watching that much of Virginia tech? Oh, well they beat Duke. But in your question, I guess what I'm trying to ask you, do you see any way that this can be done different? And do you see any type of changes with the way that they, you know, select this and, you know, do we put that much stock in these conference championship games of I mean, tournaments or do we, cause I look at the conference tournaments as still just money grabs as well too. <laughs> and it's, it's definitely that. I mean, they, that's why they're all on TV. That's why they're all on ESPN or FS1 or CBS. Um, they know people will watch those games that week. Uh, what I would do is, uh, if you if it's possible, one, I would move all of the games or all of those tournaments up a day or two. Mm-hmm. And that way you're really giving, because think about it, the last game of the day starts at 3.15. Right. Now, if, if that tournament if that championship for that particular conference in this case was the AAC if if Memphis had beaten Houston does Houston still get a five seed does Memphis still get an eight uh, nine seed Hmm, you know how how does that work you you have left yourself no time to make any distinction there because that game essentially ends at 515 530 and if it's an overtime game 5.45, 5.45, potentially 6 o'clock, right when you're supposed to be making announcements. Hmm, okay. Um, yeah. So to me, it would be move all those games up a day. And that way you've given, you're now giving the committee a full 24 hours around that time to really look at results and figure out where they want to put people. Um, the other thing I would say is either put it back to 64, or if you're going to have play-in games, Anybody who has an automatic qualifying bid should not be playing in a play-in game. If I hmm. if I'm a you know a Texas Southern or a Texas A&M Corpus Christi, I won my conference. Why am I playing in a play-in game to prove that I belong in the field of 64? I have an automatic bid. Why should I why should I not be in the you know in the field of 64 to begin with? You should be putting at-large teams in Dayton for all of those games. Hmm, good point. Good point. I've never heard. I haven't heard anybody with that angle, but that's a good point. And um, you know what? One before I was because I'm going to ask you about if you look at it. Give me one of those mid school that nobody might not know about that you might watch out for. But before I get to that, I will say this: one of the interesting matchups to me in the first round, and if you go to the Midwest region, is going to be that four twelve matchup between Providence. And South Dakota State. Now, I know a lot of people don't know about the South Dakota State. I've watched them a little bit. The thing about them, they can shoot the ball very well. They can shoot, but they don't defend. 
But that's that's one of those uh, matchups with Providence that I think Providence, and I like the season Providence has had, but I think they need to proceed with caution going against South Dakota State. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. South Dakota State's averaging almost 87 points a game. They know how to put the ball through the hoop. Yeah. yeah. They won 30 games. They are one of two teams this season to go through their conference undefeated. Hmm. Uh, that and, and, yes, they play in a smaller conference. I understand that. But that, sh- that kind of run and focus and a- ability to obviously finish games should not be overlooked, especially against a power six school like Providence. I think South. Dakota, this is going to be a very trendy upset pick because South Dakota State shoots the ball so well. They get up and down the floor. They score a lot of points. And in the tournament, those are the kind of teams that take down Giants. Hmm. I, I totally agree. And are you good with all the guys that all the teams that received the one seed? Are you cool with all all of them? I know Gonzaga got the number one overall seed all overall, but are you cool with the other ones? No qualms about those. Yeah, I think if if Kentucky had won the SEC tournament, I think you could have argued they deserved a one seed, but they didn't, so they didn't get one. Hmm. So I, I think Kansas and Baylor is probably fine. And what? Give me one other potential upset that you got on your radar that might be a school that's you know not too many people get to watch, or they're playing a maybe like you said a sexy name, or whatever. What? Give me another one in the first round that's uh, uh, that's come across your radar. Um, it's not a big upset. It's the seven ten game Michigan State and Davidson okay. in the West region. Uh-huh. I happen to really like Davidson, um, Michigan State. They they have their fair share of issues. Of course, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Playing better at the end of the season. But uh, Davidson has a guy, Hyung Jung Lee, who I really like. He's kind of a Clay Thompson light. And hmm. um, he he actually likes the Splash Brothers so much, he only visited Washington State and Davidson. And he wow. ended up going with Davidson. Like wow. that, it's a, a cool backstory. I love his backstory. Um but I think another trendy upset pick is going to be Chattanooga and Illinois. Okay. Um, and that's just – I think a lot of it is going to come down to Illinois' guard play. If if they if those guards are not hitting shots, if they're not getting the ball to Kofi Coburn, Chattanooga has a good shot to win that game. Nice. Again, we're being joined by Ben Bornstein, a college basketball writer for Project Spurs. All right, Ben, speaking of the Spurs, um, I've told everybody since last year, really at the beginning of the year, say, hey, y'all really want to pay attention to March this year because some of your next future Spurs hopefully is coming from this crop of kids. Because, you know, down here for 20-some years, you know, there was no tension. There's nobody covering from the media like, hey, well, this guy's coming out. But now where the state of the organization is, um, and I've been having some talks with Jonas and some people now, Again, I've had two guys on my radar, and I know I'm kind of alone on one of these because I know he's not ranked higher. And a lot of people's that people that do what you do kind of rank these guys coming out. And of course, it's EJ Liddell out of Ohio State. I like him. I mean, I, and I'm when I look at this, Ben, I'm also looking at saying like, okay, that whole quote unquote spur type of guy, that guy that they would go ahead yep. and get. You know, I look. I know he doesn't light it up. I mean, I mean, he's probably, in my opinion, I think he's Ohio State, their best player. He's not. He's not ranked high on a lot of people, but I think that is a guy that I would like to see. You know, in silver black. I don't think he's going to be up there with my next guy that I'm going to talk to you about. But what's your thoughts on EJ Liddell? Well, before the trade deadline, I would have told you that EJ Liddell is 
not within reach because the Spurs pick would have been too high to go after him. Mm -hmm. But now having two picks later in the first round, I wouldn't hate to see the Spurs spend one of those picks on him. I think, Mm -hmm. like you said, he's definitely a Spursy guy. He's 6'7", he's 240. He's not a super athlete, but, you know, he could be a DeWan Blair with two ACLs. And, (laughs) um, you know, he's, he's... gotten a lot better during his time at Ohio State, and he is easily Ohio State's best player. I mean, he's putting up 20 a game, and there are times when he is the only offense for that team, and he has to do everything, which might affect his efficiency, but he's a solid shooter. He's actually lost weight since he's been there. He's willing to put in the work ethic, and I totally agree with you. The 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 off-the-court and intangible kind of stuff just kind of screams spurs for me. And the number two guy, which is a guy that I don't know he's going to be there. I mean, of course, we don't know. We know they've got three first-round picks, but we don't really know how the lottery ball is going to fall. But this guy, I mean, he's fresh off of a Big Ten title, and that's Keegan Murray, man. Ben, when I watch him and I've watched him, I really have honed in on him really for like the last five to six weeks. And it's, look, I don't, I don't want to say that he's – he reminds me of one guy, but I'm not saying he's going to be as good as him. I'm not saying that he's on his level as him. But the way he handles himself on the court, and he can get his own shot, and as efficient he is, it's a little bit, not like maybe he's not built, but a little bit KD in him. But that's Keegan Murray, man. And that guy, every interview that I hear him talk, and basically he's a teen guy, his, twin, his brother plays on the squad, that screams spurs well to me. How hard do you have Keegan Murray rated on your board? He's definitely a top ten guy in this draft. Okay, There's, it's it's not even that he's putting up points and he's putting up a ton of stats, which he is. But he's like you said, he's a good team guy. I think when he gets to the next level, he's going to understand. Like I'm not going to have to do everything for this team like I did at Iowa, and he leads the country in player efficiency rating, which like let's put this into perspective. So his PER is thirty eight point two. That is the highest in the country right now. He has, he has a usage rate of 30%. So, like, of all the possessions he's on the floor, um, he's using 30% of the team's plays. And he is, still has an efficiency rating that high. He's still shooting, uh, he's still shooting 40.5% from three. He's shooting 55.5% from the field overall. Mm. You could argue the only concerning thing is his free throw percentage at 74.1, but those numbers tend to go up when you get to the next level, mostly because you're playing 82 games and there's a lot more free throws to be had. But he's still averaging about 8.5 rebounds a game, 1.5 assists, over a steal, two blocks, and just one turnover on with 23.5 points a game. I mean, he's it's not just even numbers, you know? He's, right. He's doing- He's literally doing everything. Yep. Like it can't. I just it can't be overlooked. But he's not. But at, the people aren't as high on him. Oh, well, he's a sophomore, so he's a little older. Um, you know, he didn't. People. It's it's weird that some people list a weakness as being well. He didn't do much in his freshman year. Okay, but he wasn't a five star recruit who everybody thought was going to blow up and be a top ten pick. True. Like there's, you know, a lot of people just don't add that context. And so I think him being a top 10 pick is amazing for him and for whoever gets him. And of course I hope the Spurs get him. I Uh think he would, he should be available assuming 
they don't get totally killed by the lottery balls and they get kind of their expected pick of maybe seven or eight pick in there. I think, I think he'll be available. And he's a guy that I see if Iowa makes a deep run in this thing, I just think his stock even goes up because de- he's definitely going to have something to do do with it. Uh, we're up against it here real quick, but one other question I want to get to you real quick uh, before we get out of here is the uh, LSU situation uh, with their head coach, um, you know, Wade, uh, Will Wade. Do you know any details on this? Because I figure like this has to be really bad or something. Well, first thing that came to my mind, I was like, I wondered how they got Ben Simmons out of everybody back then. But the other thing is, do you really think um, is, is is it one of those situations to where how serious is this? And have you heard any more details for them to have to fire him right before the conference championship? I mean, tournament. Oh, I mean, the the NCAA, the NCAA put him between a rock and a hard place. They they finally gave LSU the notice of allegations stemming from the 2017 bribery scandal that, that hit a bunch of other schools. Arizona already got hit. They fired their head coach. They now have a new head coach. And so um, LSU was basically willing to run with Will Wade as long as nothing became official because they're like, well, you don't have, we don't have our notice of allegations. Mm-hmm. Nothing is official yet. And so right when the NCAA hit them, they said, all right, well, we're going to cut we're going to cut bait here. We don't want to get hit with, you know, any more violence. You know, we're, they're already notice, giving us notice about the violations. We don't want to get hit with sanctions or anything more than we're already going to get hit with. So, you know, maybe firing our coach will help appease them, the NCAA. And basically, you know, since it's official now that he's a cheater, like we don't want to be associated with that. So. Okay. Okay. All right, Ben. Well, I appreciate you, man, taking time on your busy schedule, man. And we definitely going to talk to you again uh, when we get to the draft. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Okay. All right, Ben. Thanks a lot, man. Absolutely. Have a good one. All right, you too. Ben Bornstein, a college basketball writer for Project Spurs, had a good insight. Wanted to get his final four picks before we got it, but we were up against it. But, yeah, man, Keegan Murray hit at East Houston. Keegan Murray. We got to get some studs. Like, we're going to turn this around and get some notoriety, as Jonas says. We got to get some of these guys down in East Houston. Listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included, and whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mr. Sandspin, the one and twos. Today's show was presented by HazelSkyOnline.com, and this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. All right? 
Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that's Zing Zang. Make sure you go to your local liquor store to ask for, uh, try out any of their variety of different flavors, their pre-made alcoholic drinks, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Crime. On that today, it was announced uh, that the Bloody Mary with vodka in the ready-to-drink cans uh-huh. was the best overall ready-to-drink cocktail of the 2022 LA Invitational Spirits Challenge. Nice. Congratulations, Zing Zang. Part of a winning team. I like that. Um, well, let's see. Before we get to Mike's phone call, a couple of things. Let's check out in the social media world anything that we've got uh, going on. Facebook Live, any comments here? Yeah, we've got, uh, of course, we were just talking with Benjamin Bornstein, mm-hmm. um, Frank Valdez, calling who he'd like, uh, Jang, Jovich, and Cockburn are the three picks that he'd like. Um, two, uh, he's looking at maybe Patrick Baldwin. Yeah, but um, look, man, I, I, like I said, I believe Keegan Murray is is a franchise. Oh, I he's going to be a, actually one guy. Yeah, he's. He, I think Keegan Murray is going to be a franchise changer for somebody. I mean, we'll see. There'll be some other names that emerge at the tournament because this is really what it's about. Like I said, we're uncharted territory. Spurs fans ain't never had to really worry about looking at lottery picks, you know, in March to that. But that's where we're at. You know, that's where we're at on that. What else we got? Our earlier conversation about the Spurs picture that I had an issue with over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Claudia and Carl Polk saying, uh, you can only fit f- so much in the picture, Jonas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just one of those that, like, no, man, I hear you. These kids get their get their run, and Pop will get acknowledged what he's done once if he sticks around and these guys make a run. Other than that, I can't have him in that picture, man. I can't have him. And, I, and it's, it's nice to know that the nation still looks as Kawhi as the place where he cut his teeth on and he got – he got developed. Um, real quick, also, what else you got? Well, just sliding over to Twitter. Uh, yeah, we got some, Twitter. Some that I'd like to mention over there. On, on the Kawhi picture subject, Jasmine, uh-huh. of course, uh, saying Kawhi contributed seven years of winning games, not to mention we wouldn't have ha- wouldn't have probably made it into a couple of playoffs if it wasn't for him before his injuries. 1,336 wins are not because of the new team. It's taken almost a year to win 26 and then mm-hmm. over, uh, you guys speaking on the issue that you had. You had the uh, the attorney, the lawyer, email, email you. Yeah. Over the weekend, uh, Ed Mendoza. You know, sorry, Mister Attorney, but Deshaun is not guilty. No indictment means not guilty. Everything means not guilty, except for when the jury says guilty. <laughs> the only thing that could say he is guilty is a trial, and he didn't even get arrested. Only guilty means guilty. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't even brought this up on air if in his title in the email, if I didn't see his lawyer credentials and his return address and everything, law firm of, and I was like, wow, there's a lawyer that thinks like this. You know, might ask me to stay out of trouble the best I can because I'm screwed, you know. Um, but as long as I keep Jonas next to me, maybe I, I, can, I can skate by a couple things there. Anyway, um, all right, so back to before we get to Mike, NFL, um, Aaron Rodgers, the news today um, Devontae Adams says, hey, man, I'm not playing on no franchise tag. Translation, I might hold out. Again, this goes to the self-centered, only thinking about himself, attention whore, Aaron Rodgers. Okay? I'm so glad. The, the, the organization I care about picked the right guy. This is a guy, like, you had all the leverage in the world. There's probably going to be a, not another quarterback 
The only quarterback that probably has a shot to get this kind of leverage plays in Kansas City. Other than Josh Allen would probably never have this leverage. Nobody. You had all the leverage that we'll see any quarterback have in a long time. And you could have went to them and said, hey, if you want me to play for this team and continue, I need Devontae Adams paid. No, well, this shows me Aaron didn't do that. Like, it's okay to go ahead and tweet your quick, your, your cute, you know, last dance emojis last last year. Oh, Scotty Pippen and, and, you know, Mike, the last dance. You can go do that, but you won't stick your, your neck on the line for the brother. Okay? Like, what the hell? If you would have said, hey, look, man, well, you want that? Well, whatever we got to do by contract, but I want him paid. I don't want to play in a franchise tag. Because Devontae Adams was not going to want to be in Green Bay if Aaron would have left. That just proves my point. Come get your guy, Claudia and Carl Pope. That's that 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 that's just this guy here, man. He's got to win because that's the only way to keep teammates around him insane. Because I I know that I'm not the only guy that kind of sees this with him. But I just I when I saw because I thought okay it's cool. And remember I said if they get the contract done before camp, not ripping the organization, not ripping. But 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 to me that shows they're far apart. They're far apart if Devontae Adams sends out a message today, I'm not playing on the franchise tag. No one wants to – if you're a player of – arguably Devontae Adams right now is probably the best receiver in the league, okay? Due to the fact that Julio's done, he's on his way out, um, you know, I still got respect for Hopkins. I mean, I would tell you right now, it, the conversation is Devontae Adams, Hopkins, and am I missing somebody? That's pretty much only Cooper worthy. Cup? Your Super Bowl MVP? I would say Cooper Cup, but I would almost think, and not to shame on Cooper Cup, but I would have to say, you know what? It, could Cooper Cup do Cooper Cup if McVay's not drawing him open or doing all that? Could he? Could you drop him anywhere and he'd be a number one true receiver? But if you want to add Cup in there, I'll give you that, you know, because people will say I'm discriminating. But I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll add Cooper in there if you want to. But at the end of the day, man, Devontae Adams is probably the best receiver in the game, and no, he don't deserve to play on no franchise tag. Do you think that the team is, uh, you know, kind of holding their ground too? Of course, they did bring back a pair of linebackers on over a hundred million dollars with the contracts. Well, hey man, this was the we got caught up in the Aaron. Aaron, is he staying? Is he going? Is he going to Denver State? Well, we realized that this team has been to two straight NFC Championship games. The good, the chances are Aaron Rodgers is not going to have as good as team as he had last year. Now that doesn't mean they can they can make another third year in a row run, but you're going to lose some pieces on defense because I knew you weren't going to be able to pay everybody. Every team's dealing with that. I mean, look what Seattle had to do. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, Russ and Bobby Wagner, you know, now they wouldn't gave that money today to one of their safeties. But at the end of the day, like, no, I, Aaron Green Bay's going to lose some key pieces this offseason. Now, what they do in the draft or what they do in free agency, work some contracts, I don't know. But I just know that that was disappointing to me that you, I thought in this whole negotiation from the last dance tweet last year that Aaron was going to look out for Devontae and say, hey, if I'm here, pay this guy. Because he had that juice. He had that leverage. They would have done it. They would have figured out a way to do it. You know? So that's my opinion. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, Michael Gallup gets paid. I'm happy for Gallup because, you know, Gallup never complained about touches. He didn't complain when they went and drafted CeeDee Lamb. Uh, he didn't complain with Wilson. I know Wilson got a lot of run because of, um, you know, the injury, you know, to Gallup. But what is it, $68 million? So he's re-signing on a five-year, $57.5 million deal that includes $23 million fully guaranteed and has a max value of 62 dollars 
The deal also includes a $10 million signing bonus. And I'll give Jerry a little props. I know Jerry's going through it. He probably got a, a, a an appointment on the Murray Povich show here pretty soon. But Jerry, I'm going to give Jerry credit because he's coming. Because <laughs> Gallup's coming off of injury. And normally GMs or owners, they're really reluctant. Like, oh, wait a minute. Let's sign on a one-year deal. That lets me know Gallup is a good guy in that locker room and a good guy in that organization. So I'm, high, I'm happy for Michael Gallup. And if he comes back healthy, I think his role is going to increase uh, big time from Dallas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jerry. Jerry, you were not the father. Yeah. Yeah, shoot a commercial on that one, man. Uh, Spurs are back in action tonight against the T-Wolves, right? T-Wolves. Three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. I knew that they were going to lose uh, the, the game after Utah. I don't care. You know, DeJounte set out and rest, which, again, I've got a little problem with that. You know, these young guys sitting there, they need all the games they can get. They try to say sword and it's like, whatever, man. They gave him the day off. Who else set that game? It was him and who else? Oh, Keldon was out. Yeah. Uh, I know Devin Vassell did play. Jakob uh, didn't play in that one. You had a lot now. of Jock Landale and Mm-mm. Zach Collins. Now, unless they all partied that night and we didn't know about it. You know, they all went over to Pop's house and killed off two, three bottles of, you know, Cabernet. Maybe that, but come on. They got to play. can't put them in a picture, but they can uh, party at the house. But, oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that it also, I mean, they, that was an emotional, emotional oh, yeah. training game, too, for a lot of those guys mm. that were, you know, hustling down the stretch. Yeah. I think, uh, wasn't it the Pacers that gave them the business? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Plays good. Tonight's and, and gonna be a tough one. Everybody too. So that was that was pretty rough. Tonight, tonight's gonna be a tough one. Lakers, you get the Lakers down by ten or twelve, you are gonna blow them out by twenty five or thirty, and LeBron's gonna have forty in the blowout. I mean, it, that team is it, just bad down there. It, and the fact that I saw laughs. I, I mean, I saw Carmelo and LeBron yesterday toward the end of that game in the middle of the game. I saw them smiling like they've accepted it. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, they know it's a lost season. That's just a bad. It's going to go down as one of the worst assembled talent teams to have a choke job, not even to get. I just don't even see how they might even not get in the playoff game, uh, possibly. It's just horrible. A pair of really good games on tonight's schedule, though, if you're channel flipping or mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're just waiting for some basketball before the mm-hmm. Wolves and Spurs is Nuggets and Sixers and Bucks and Jazz. Yeah, that Bucks and Jazz is an interesting one uh as well too. All right, before we get out of here that we got time, let's go to Mike. Mike, you on the Sports Grind here on Ticket 760 and 1300 the Zone. What's up, Mike? Yeah, man. Um yeah, I want to talk about uh one quick comment about uh Brady and then get to Rodgers. Yeah, Brady, uh, like I said, I knew the guy was going to come back. Um I didn't think he was going to come back this soon. So that uh, that ends the Deshaun Watson deal of him going to Tampa Bay. Uh, look like he's either gonna go to New Orleans or Carolina, but who cares? But uh, you know, here's how it goes with uh, Aaron Rodgers, man. Aaron Rodgers, he, like I said, he is officially probably the most selfish man in the world besides I ain't gonna Vladimir Putin. Hey, this guy here, man, he's done lost three women right before marriage. You know, Danica Patrick, the last woman. He can't, he doesn't get along with his family, and then he just left. And then the way he screwed Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers should have told the Packers, hey, we're a package deal. You you get this man at least $30 million or or I'm not signing. But Aaron, Aaron Rodgers got his $50 million, and that's all he worried about. And now they're talking about paying him. You know, $20 million is a lot of money for Devontae Adams. But the guy is wanting 30 to $35 million, And Aaron Rodgers uh, is not trying to stand up for his man. So it just goes to show that he's nothing but a turncoat. You know, he's just what I thought he was. And if I was Devontae Adams, I would ask for a trade. I wouldn't even want to play with Rodgers at this point after he stabbed him in the back like that. And I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike. Um, 
Usually I have maybe some pushback on Mike's phone call. Not that one. I I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I don't know if it'll go that far where he'll demand a trade and want to play for Aaron, but and I get it. It's salary cap. We're all a cap. They manipulate the cap. They raise the $28 million this offseason. It's going to go into more. It's, every year they're going to do that. But it's just a principle. And I thought for sure it was going to be a package deal. And maybe they'll get the deal done. Like I said, no harm, no foul. They get them a contract before we get to to, to camp. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, also, um, Tom Brady, like I said, there's something fishy about that. Either that or he got home with the kids and Giselle and said, the hell with this. You know what? Like, no, nah, I'd rather go get my, my head beat in again to get out. But, you know, there's a lot of speculation out there. It's possible. Could this be a surprise trade? Could Tampa just bring him back to say, hey, we're going to trade you to 49ers. You always want to play 49ers. I would, it, nothing shocks me at this point. I doubt it. I would doubt it. Um, because if he says, I mean, of course he has to come back and say he has to play with Tampa Bay. I mean, they still had his rights. I mean, Bruce Arians just came out three days ago like, oh, that's bad business. No, we're not trading Tom Brady. If he's going to play, he's going to come in to play. I doubt it, but there's some thoughts of there, some speculations out there, possibly, you know, but I think you'll see him with Tampa. Um, and then also I think Tom looked at it as like, man, Russ is gone and it's just Aaron, you know, and just looking at it like, hey, man, I was in this probably finished second in voting in MVP or third. Like, let me get out. And again, you know, Giselle needs her flowers, too. I know I've given her hell sometimes over the years with her tweets like my husband can't catch and run and throw. But that's a down-ass woman that can sit there for 20. How long have they been married? They've been married a long time. I mean, at least over a decade. Um, it's close. Uh, they've, been, they've been together over 10 years. But the, the bottom line is to sit there and raise those kids. And as much as Tom is into his craft in the offseason, to give him his blessing to go back and not – because there's a lot of women that would say, hey, man, it's, you, I've stuck here all your side, by your side. It's either that or me. But evidently, you know, he's gotten the blessing from her and his kids to keep going. I mean, I know we've always been an advocate on the show in regards to get out of your system. I don't look at it. He's really retired, though. I just think that there was a there was some reason there was a rush announcement. But I, it's not like this guy got it's not like we got to week six of the season or week four. Like, oh, Tom wants to come back now. Man, we ain't even got we barely into the offseason. We haven't even got to OTAs yet. I don't even count this as a retirement. Just put it on hold, man, until we figure out what we're going to do. You know what you got to hit your curiosity. They've been married 13 years. Yeah, I knew it had to at least be over 10. You know, that's you know, that's 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 a down ass woman there. Um, What else? We might have to parlay this to tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but we've got moves uh, in baseball and breaking news. uh, The Braves just acquired Matt Olson in a five player trade with the Oakland A's. That might mean Freddie might be on the move. But, yeah, we'll we'll get into that tomorrow. All right, man, that's a wrap. Special thanks to producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Mr. Sands, spinning the one and two. San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you, it's a snooze button. And for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow.